For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I know it's the day after the Masters. I know that everybody may be a little upset, including myself, but the best way to handle this is just to rip off the Band-Aid, move right on, delete the Masters app out of your phone, at least until next April, that is, and see that we've got 300K first place prizes to play for here at the RSM Classic this week. One of the two last PGA Tour tournaments over the calendar year, Jeff, it is all rolling down to these last few. And, man, it's been a sprint, though, since COVID's come back. We haven't had a uh, – being able to take a breath, really. And now we've got two more weeks, and I thought, oh, maybe we'd get, you know, like Mark Anderson and maybe even Stephen Bowditch in the field. But, nope, it's actually a pretty good field here this week at the RSM Classic uh, and maybe expected to be such at Mayakoba next week. So, Jeff – Thanks for coming on and joining me after the hangover Monday here. How are you doing? You, you managing a little better than I am? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like last night, I wasn't really feeling that pumped for, for the RSM Classic coming off the, the Masters and stuff like that. And by the way, a shout out to everyone. Uh, thanks for joining us. And yeah, hit that like, guys, if you could. But um, I was feeling the same way. But then I looked at the field. I started to get it like, I don't, I'm, I mean, maybe not excited, but I started to get a little bit more pumped up about it. I mean, I didn't realize we were going to get like this much sort of uh, draw over from the top players. I mean, we have uh, some decent amount of, of top 50 players here. Obviously Webb is here. You kind of expected that this guy's become like Mr. Short course, seaside course or whatever. He knows where he makes his money, but then you got day Usti, uh, you know, Lowry's making the, the, the run over Connors is here. So yeah, it's a better field than I thought. Um, and it kind of makes it uh, a little bit more exciting this week. No, it, it sure does. And of course, uh, if this is your first time joining our uh, PGA DFS First Look show for the RSM Classic or in general, thank you for doing so. Of course, as uh, Jeff mentioned, if you could like and subscribe to our channel, that would be great. Also notify you when we have some videos and other information coming out. So uh, definitely to your benefit. What we do here on the show is we give about a 20 minute recap roughly uh, of last week. But instead of just us talking about how good DJ is, which we will for maybe about 90 seconds, maybe 180 seconds total, <laughs> we go into the DFS review of last week. We check out some of our pros uh, and see how they did their allocations and uh, how many players they had in their player pool and all of that. Uh, and then we head into the RSM Classic. So just to give you a quick little rundown of what you're going to see here. So let's start off. Let's give 180 seconds to uh, Dustin Johnson. And listen, 
since Brooks Kepka uh, came out and said what he said, you know, DJ's only won 20 million, a couple golf tournaments, a major, <laughs> and Brooks has done nada. So uh, do you think that Brooks was invited to the after party? That's all I want to know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I know they say it's not a big deal and stuff, but that was pretty harsh, you know, to, to come out and say that about someone. I, I don't know. I'm sure I'm sure they're still buddies or whatever, but uh, who knows, man? Like, honestly, who knows what's going on there? Uh, I'm just happy for DJ. Definitely, uh, you know, deserved it. Uh, a player who I, I know I tweeted this a couple of months ago, like everyone uh, everyone is so in awe by, by Dustin Johnson's house. That's why we everyone has high expectations. Like it would be a travesty if the guy ended with one, if the guy had ended his career with one major, right? I mean, you just don't think of him as a, I know like guys like Davis Love and, and stuff like that, but you really, at this point, DJ is, is in a class above those guys and he cemented it. So it's really nice to see. Um, yeah, I, and I think this almost, I said this this morning and I was talking to someone else about it, but really reminds me of, of Phil a little bit, you know, just later in his career, such a brilliantly talented player. We knew he, he deserved more than one major, but you know, he didn't just didn't get them until he was in his late thirties. And it seems like DJ following a similar path. I think it'll open the floodgates a bit, probably gets another before he's done. Yeah. I, I would say maybe, maybe a couple more. Yeah. Uh, and this kind of brings me to my next question. I know it's hard because not everybody is playing their absolute best or not every week they play their absolute best. But if you had to pick one golfer, playing their best that you've seen over the last five years. And we've seen Thomas win a major. We've seen Rory not win a major, but when the players, we've seen John Rahm win plenty of big tournaments. Playing their absolute best, who would you go to? Would it be Bryson right now or would it be DJ? And for me, I think it has to be DJ. He's shown us that his upside even is greater than Bryson's when they're both playing their best. Yeah, yeah, no, no arguments for me. I mean, it's we're still kind of figuring out Bryson's upside, right? Because he's changed his game so much. I mean, obviously saw a glimpse of it, but it, it's one of those situations. Like, is this is this sustainable? Because it looks so unsustainable by Bryson. Like, it just flashes and then it's just gone. Like this week, uh, either it's mental or whatever. I think Bryson's upside is, is really high, but yeah, as far as best golfer in the world right now, it's definitely Dustin Johnson. You know, I think maybe a year ago I would have argued like Rory's top end. Uh, is right up there. I I don't really know if he can make that argument anymore. I think Rory's super, super talented. And maybe Great you'll call. see him with a similar sort of like mid to late 30s push that we're getting from Dustin Johnson. But right now, yeah, it's it's DJ for sure, 100%. I, I don't even know. There's not much argument. I would, I would even say JT might be might be the, the second player I put up there right now today. So It's close. And, and listen, DJ... You would think maybe, you know, he was bombing it. Don't get me wrong. But he led the field in greens and regulation last week and was top 10 in both driving distance and driving accuracy. It's, yeah. it's superbly impressive. Oh, his I mean, driving was just sick last week. Absolutely so sick. So, so good. So, no, something else that was sick in a good way, of course, was the first-timers. They did absolutely yeah. fantastic here last week. And I'll talk about them as a whole and I want to say that I really think before I get started on, on who it was, of course, we know most of them, but they saw a very soft Augusta. And I think that on Sunday, we started to see it turn towards that crisp a little bit. The greens were still receptive, but pin positions were a little bit more difficult. Obviously, Tiger had that 10 on 12. But we saw Sebastian Munoz and Abraham answer, both whom of which were top DraftKings plays. Uh, answer was in the winning millionaire maker lineup. Munoz was in the mega millionaire winning uh, lineup. So these first timers, do you think it was a product of Augusta being super easy this week? Or do you think Sung JM Abraham answer 
CT Pan and Sebastian Munoz throwing Cameron Champ and Scotty Scheffler for that matter will all be in the top 10 every uh, top 20, excuse me, every year. Or was it really a product of Augusta playing easier? No, I definitely feel like uh, the, the the conditions had something to do with it. I just don't think you saw the same kind of bite around the greens and stuff like that, that, that tend to just really mess with the first timers. Right. Uh, Tiger even talked about this on the weekend. Like, um, you know, he said when the conditions are going to get tougher, it definitely favors players with experience. And look, it just, it was what it was. It was warmer weather and it was wet. And that was like the worst combo for easier scoring. If you didn't, if you wanted to see tougher scoring, it was the worst combo because the the warmer weather meant the driving distance didn't go down that much. And then the greens are more receptive. And really the rough was like maybe a little bit thicker than normal, but it really wasn't that bad. So it just lent itself to, to shorter hitters and guys with less experience, just having a bit better go of it. And, you know, shout out to guys like Smith, Answer. Um, you know, I, I kind of started to lean that way towards the end of the week, but I really wish I had gone heavier on answer because uh, that was a player I, I started to like and I, I didn't get him in enough lineups. But um, again, yeah, I, I really do think it was the conditions helped out these first timers a lot. Plus, I mean, it, you know, it's, golf is deeper now, too. So got to give them some credit. Want to know how easy it was to win the Millionaire Maker last week? I'll, I'll tell you how easy it was before we even go into our lineup review, which we're going to do in just about two seconds. First, we'll do our DFS review. But I just want to tell you, all you had to do was roster four international President's Cup teamers, Dustin Johnson and Bryson DeChambeau, and you would have won the million, just like that. When we say it like that, it does sound pretty easy. But Abraham Anser, Sung J.M., C.T. Pan, and Cam Smith, all on that President's Cup team right. last year. All played super well. It's just kind of a, a weird coincidence. But um, uh, that was kind of my notes on the first-timers. The other one, obviously, that was not on the President's Cup team that played super well was Cameron Champ. He ended up making yeah. a, a quad on 12, so he kind of got the Augusta bite. But he showed what extreme length can do on this golf course. He played way better than Bryson, in my opinion, and showed what, if Bryson's driving was on, what possibly could have happened. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Cameron Jam probably competes if he puts. I, I, it's not even a, a question. He puts, um, you know, to uh, to the average of the field. I mean, he competes last year. He he's up there with him and and, uh, and Cameron Smith. Um, I I would. There's no other player I'm more bullish on for Augusta going forward after last week than Cameron Champ. Um, I think in a lot of ways, Champ is is a guy like uh, who who could who could have some Brooks Kepka like upside. At majors when he gets really going when he figures out how to putt a little bit better just with more upside like uh like brooks is consistently because brooks has turned into a really consistently good putter and and, and sharpens up there around the green there's uh i i think his his power comes from a, a more safe place than bryson if, if that's a good way to put it you know it's more natural everything right. he does from a power perspective more is more natural than bryson um and i think that's why you'll get less less up and downs with with him from a td green perspective so it's just a matter of, of him. I mean, we saw him compete at the PGA too. So yeah, a really massive week for Cameron Champ. I know he ended up uh, winning a lot of people and some bigger buy-ins, uh, some money because of the, the Eagles and stuff. So um, that, that was the one player I, I really like, you know, it, it's go time. Like I, I'm back in Cameron Champ at majors from here on out. Yeah, me too. And, and yeah. we're going to see why. You mentioned the DraftKings points and, and he shows up here. We'll talk about him in a second. But first... Before we do, I want to bring up, before we go into our DFS review, I want to bring up the upcoming PGA schedule so people know that are watching. If you're not already an Osmo 
uh, plus member on the PGA side, you know what you have coming up and what you can look forward to. So first we've got the RSM classic this week. We have full coverage of course. Uh, and then next week, the PGA tour takes an off week for Thanksgiving, but the European tour, they roll on. They're playing the Alfred Dunhill championship. I believe that's somewhere in South Africa. Uh, we'll have just partial coverage of that because it's on the European tour. Then we're back. Jeff and I are back for the OHL Mayakoba. That is the last PGA tour event of the season or the calendar year, I should say. Uh, we'll have full coverage of that. And then the DP World Tour Championship. That's kind of like the, call it the tour championship of the European tour. I think yep. there's 60 golfers that play in it. Colin Morikawa is going to be heading over there. Patrick Reed. We'll have a really, really good field. And I suspect pretty good DFS contest for that week, especially yep. the fact that the PGA Tour is done. So I suspect we'll have full coverage. And then, Jeff, uh, well, we get a break from golf stuff. Still plenty of NFL stuff going on um, before we come back for the Terminator Champions first week in January. So wanted to make note of everybody about that. So perfect time uh, to join us here at Osmo uh, on the golf side. Last couple of weeks of the tournament, maybe some people forgetting a little bit about it. Great time to jump in and use all the tools that we have here. Just $8.95 for the week. So let's go in and talk about our DFS review from last week. And I want to start off with Cameron Champ. You just brought him up. That quad may have moved him down the leaderboard and killed his chance for a top 10. His uh, would be his first at the Masters, of course, in his first try. But he scored 93 and a half DraftKings points. That priced him or put him in the top 10. Jeff, that's exactly what I was looking for when I rostered him. I made the late switch from Cantley and Matsuyama to DeChambeau and Champ. Made it for that exact reason, looking for the upside in Eagles and Birdies. I got it. It ended up helping me get through the cash line. So, um, is this a reason if is no, no, let me ask it a different way. Is there a price in which Cam Champ should automatically always enter our lineup? Yeah, absolutely. Especially uh, in, in fields like this. Well, I mean, not especially in fields like this, but you know, in events like this, when, uh, you know, limited field, um, when he's so cheap, I guess, compared to, to the top end players, but yeah, I, look, the, it's, it's probably my biggest regret, not just, just going all in on Cam Champ. I mean, I knew, you know, we, we've talked about this too in the last couple of weeks. Like the guy just scores and, uh, and, and at 7,100, I mean, you don't even need him to finish as we see this week in the top 15 to get up there. So, um, you know, like I said, the, the power perspective, um, you know, the, 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 the driving distance, but also the, the accuracy. I mean, one of the best, uh, one of the best drivers out there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, at, at that price, at 7,100 in these elite fields, if he keeps getting priced like that, you, you've just got to start taking the, the attitude of doesn't matter. You know, obviously if he's coming in with like terrible form or injured or something, that's a different story, but if he's showing even a, mid, a little bit of form like he was here, you got to go. <laughs> you got to go. Exactly. I think he just got better upside than, than anyone else. Right. I mean, he didn't even, he didn't even putt well. Like I said, I mean, the dude was losing like two strokes around on the greens basically. So. It's how it happens. So we'll go quickly through DFS. Obviously, uh, review Dustin Johnson, 142 points, a superb number for a major. Really incredible. Cam Smith, that par on the 18th hole might not have meant too much to most people besides him and myself, as it did give him the all rounds under 60 bonus, which pushed me again into the min cash. It also gave him the first ever time that somebody at Augusta went around all four rounds in the 60s, and he lost. That's just how it goes when Dustin's on form. Yeah. Uh, Sung JM, 110. Justin Thomas, 107. Dylan Fertelli, almost at 199.5. I'll make note about Fertelli before we move on. Uh, he was in a couple of interviews because he was playing well, Jeff, and he mentioned that Bryson DeChambeau basically got him 20 extra yards off the tee recently. Is that something we should take note of? 
Yeah, I was <laughs> I was I was watching the broadcast because I, I mean I wasn't watching Fratelli's distance stats or anything as they were going, but you know they they were kind of talking about his his increased distance, and I'm, I was kind of like, well, like Fratelli's is a solid ball striker, but I mean I don't put him up there. But you know you, you start to look, and then uh, like you mentioned, I guess something that he's doing with Bryson has, has got him some distance. Yeah, I'll, I'll take note of it. You know, you put it in the memory bank. I mean, if, if Fratelli's gonna gonna all of a sudden pop off a little more distance I mean I think that's going to give him a chance to at least compete a little bit more with these elite players not a player not a player I, I was down on or anything before but maybe definitely someone who who will uh, who will elevate himself um, if, if this is uh, something that's going to stick like a distance so yeah interesting note for sure I noticed that as well yeah yeah 46 inch driver is what he's uh, accrediting it to and he said he right. would have never even thought about going to that driver without Bryson so uh, finishing up, John Rahm, he came in with 96 and a half, man. He had an unfortunate event happen oh, to him on the eighth hole. He had a mud ball, and Ridiculous. he hit a 180-yard duck hook with his Was it a mud man. ball or just like a mud club or like a muddy swing? <laughs> it, it's like a, it's a really swing good question. <laughs> he blamed it on being a mud ball. Another mud ball uh, fiasco was Jason Kograk on 15. He flew a, a, a mid-iron, four-iron, you know, from like 230 screamed mud ball right after he hit it. And then it was, it went over the green on 15 and Lee Westwood had to jump out of the way of the ball before it went into the pond on 16. Uh, I thank Lee Westwood for doing that. Cause I think it really helped contribute to Kograk missing the cut, which was big for me. Um, of course being fade. Okay. Keep going. Uh, champ. I already mentioned then Patrick Reed, no surprise. Webb Simpson, no surprise. Kepka showed up at 88 points and then three at 87 pawn Shawflay and Mark Leishman. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Shoffley just seems to always show up in the points. I know um, yeah. he may not be in, in that much form, but he always throws out the birdie streak, the Eagles. In terms of chalk, uh, we know Dustin Johnson. He was the top-owned player and came first way above. That's going to be a tough week if you faded him. You likely did not profit, had a very tough time. On FanDuel, I had a really nice six of six lineup with three guys in the top 10. Did not cash, didn't have uh, DJ, and that's what happens. Only one missed cut in the top 10 owned, three top 10s and eight top 25. So the information given last week uh, and the salaries obviously were not good enough. The chalk uh, pretty much hit, Jeff, for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I did manage to squeak one min cash in with no DJ, but it all had, but it had Justin Thomas, Sung JM, Answer, and uh, it had, I think it might have Munoz or something too. It, it like it was stacked otherwise than DJ. If DJ had just gone away, it probably wins everything. But uh, yeah. obviously, yeah, you needed DJ up there. I mean, the chalk screamed uh, w- with him. But uh, you know, it was interesting. I mean, Kokrak busted. You know, Finau was was pretty much a terrible play to be honest. Uh, Matsuyama was only okay. 
So you kind of needed exposure to, to the top end guy. And then, uh, you know, realistically, like, um, you know, Cam Smith and, and Munoz and guys like that, they were popular, but they weren't so chalky that you needed to avoid them. Um, it was really just DJ and then kind of going balanced with, uh, you know, just, I don't want to say common sense decisions, but guys who were playing well and looked like okay values like Smith and Munoz. So, Yeah, and let's go and talk about Cam Smith, actually. Uh, he was in the Millie Maker winning lineup. This gentleman, Ep3550, he put in six entries. Threw in 120 bucks, Jeff, and he walks away with at least a million uh, and the $25,000 ticket to the Tournament of Champions thing. What a great return there. He used all 50000 of his salary, and his total ownership was 85%, no duplicate, in a 230000 entry lineup that easily filled. You got to love it. I mean, this is great construction. Nothing above, uh, below 7000 had Champ, had Smith, had Answer, M, Johnson, and Thomas. We've already talked about all those guys, so I don't think we need to give too much to it. A really solid lineup overall. Um, really surprised that something like that wasn't duplicated. I think that's the, my biggest takeaway from it. Absolutely surprised, too. Really surprised. Um, it, it honestly hurts me to look at it because I know I have yeah, a couple looks so easy. that are so close to it. Um, just, uh, you know, with, with Smith and, and JT and Dustin, you'll see my lineup that comes up, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, I, you, I mean, I, I'm really shocked it wasn't. Uh, At least once, it wasn't duplicated. double duplicated, to be honest. And again, I think, I think it kind of says to the, like the field is, it, it really comes down to Camp Champ. He's under 10% owned. Him is, you could probably put him in there too. I just feel like the field was probably too low, mainly on Champ at 7,100. Uh, really surprised Champ didn't get a little more heat. He was playing pretty well coming in, but I think uh, I think you know I think it's a good good lesson that um, the field probably too low on first timers, and um, yep. you know that narrative always gets thrown around at Augusta, so something to think about. Absolutely. I, I mean, you see Sung JM at six and a half percent. Now, granted, he wasn't playing great, but still, that's pretty low. Yeah, Sung Jay was weird. I mean, he's T to Green, he was playing good coming in, but he hadn't had the results. So it was kind of tough to get on him. I, I, I don't I don't necessarily disagree from that. Yeah. And I think that looking at uh, the pros as we switch over uh, to analyze our pros and see how they did and who they allocated to, none of the guys that I looked at found their way to Sung Jay. So I guess maybe it wasn't just. Me or you or the field, it was pretty much everybody. So uh, Alex, he found his way to Dustin Johnson in 50% of his lineups. Great start. However, he uh, took a, a dive into the ocean with me in one of Francesco Molinari, who was uh, definitely uh, taking a, a bath before the end of the weekend. Uh, he was in 48% of Alex's lineups as well. So a tough week for Alex there. We don't even have to go much further when you see Molinari was in 50% because you know he played Jason Day in at least a third of the lineups. So there's two guys that missed the cut there. Though Alex had 10 uh, guys over 20% owned this week. Uh, and total golfers of uh, 62 for Alex, 62 of roughly 90. That's no surprise uh, to me. He says uh roughly he plays about half the field each week a little bit more um and top lineup obviously with Molinari and Day in the in the top five owned came somewhere in the 7,000 range and me I also found my way to Dustin Johnson as the top owned however Jason Day was my number two owned I thought coming off a good week in Houston at a golf course that he loves that he could use some of the his skills didn't work out for me had Cantley at 27 percent knew he'd be low owned Rory at 25, Xander 25, Reed and Woods 1918, Rom 19, Simpson 14, and yes, of course, Jordan Spieth at 13. Only one missed cut, Jeff, for me, but 
the fact of the matter with Jason Day in 40% of my lineups, it's going to be very hard to get the right combination after that. Plus, no Cam uh, uh, Cam Smith in MMEs for me. I had Cam Smith in my big lineup. Um, any thoughts on those two before we move on to our next two guys? No, look, I mean, we talked a bit about the Molinari thing before. Uh, it, it, he really sucked people in. And, and the thing is, you, you you don't even know what to say. Because, I mean, you're getting Francesco Molinari at 6,700. Obviously, if he's back, it's it's fantastic. But, you know, Munoz is the guy who's come in. He's been a, a birdie maker over the last year. He's played super consistent. And, um, you know, th- that was just obviously the the play. I mean, he's, he's played so much better than Molinari over the last few months. So, um, you know, my, my, my take on it pr- before the event started was I do want a little bit of Francesco Molinari just because, you know, it was FOMO, it's Molinari, it's 6,700, but uh, you know, you still kind of lean, lean towards Munoz being the slightly better play. So Alex obviously, uh, you know, just went for the opportunity. I do get that stance. Like, I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't even think it's, it's necessarily like bad process. It's just, you know, this, this was always on the table with him because it's only what his third event or something like just, just don't know at that point. He just hasn't played enough. So, yep, totally agree. Um, as uh, as Chad is mentioning, they're giving me uh, credit for not playing Spieth in my forty five hundred dollar lineup. So, I want to <laughs> give a shout out to Chat for uh, knowing that or figuring that out and giving me kudos for it. I definitely needed it. It's like I can't. Almost, uh, I mean, Spieth was a pivotal guy on Friday with the cut. I mean, people were cheering for him to make birdies, and then there's like, oh, he's not going to make it. But it was it was probably the best cut. Big sweat. day for you, Jason. I mean, big big moment. I know it was probably the best gut sweat of all time. Honestly, it was a pretty good gut sweat. It was, it was, it was crazy. So, uh, well, let's go on to our, our other two pros, uh, brick 75, Brian Hooper. He also found his way to Molinari in his top four owned Rom, DeChambeau, McElroy, the other three, Shoffley, Cantley, Kim, Matsuyama, Ustazen, and Kepka. Very conservative. Very, very conservative. 69 golfers, only four mm. above 20% though. So, uh, that led to top lineup somewhere in the 6,000 range. Not very good. The top uh, mass multi-enter from last week was Wilson1. I'm sure uh, those of you on Twitter probably know who I'm talking about. He came in seventh in the Millionaire Maker. He used only 40 golfers, 11 of them above 20%. However, um, he had two guys miss the cut up here, and he even had 18% of Eric Van ruining your lineup last week. However, he found his way to 52% Matsuyama, 43% Watson, 37% DJ. 36 Rom, 34 McElroy, but here's where he kind of leaped the field. 33% Smith, 30% Connors, and 22% Justin Thomas. Like I said, that's kind of where he leaped the field. Those three guys, that was huge. Uh, all three of those guys were in his uh, seventh place lineup. So that's how you get it done versus that's how you don't get it done. So obviously the big difference there uh, was no Molinari and obviously Cameron Smith and Corey Connors, uh, Jeff. No surprise yeah. though, 40, I think 40 golfers was more in line with what you needed this week rather than the typical play 80. I think really only 40 were needed here. If I had to take yeah. anything away from the player pool size aspect of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think that's probably a, a good take. I mean, I, I would even say, depending on how many lineups here, you could have gone smaller than that, but obviously that's more of just, you know, how, how, how okay you are with high variance and stuff like that. But yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. The Van Ruin thing is uh Glad I stay away from that. Although I, I de- I'm not saying it was a bad play or anything because I, I was definitely interested in him. But um, I was, uh, I was weird, you know, just withdrawing all of a sudden. And um, yes, yeah, he came up there for Brick. I mean, that's interesting too. But 
Yeah, I mean, six eight hundred. It wasn't. A, he was. He rated out as a pretty good play. Obviously, the play. Yeah, was I actually liked Siwoo Kim quite a bit last week. Not gonna lie to you. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I, it was it was kind of tough between him and Munoz. I ended up going a little bit heavier on Munoz, but I had some exposure. Still ended up being a better play than Molinari. So. <laughs> yeah, and, and what's it's weird about that is we've now mentioned okay, Munoz maybe first timer here. That's why we don't play you know Munoz over Molinari. I get that, right? Yeah. But why play Zach? Why play him over Zach Johnson or Siwoo Kim? Both have been playing much better recently. And both have good success at Augusta. Again, I'm just, I'm lamenting myself here um, more so than anything else. But at least I'm not alone. Alex and Brian did join me in their allocation. So I, I think right. a lot of people got a piece of Francesco Molinari. Just I think so too, yeah, <laughs> for the most part. All right, well, let's, that's going to wrap up my Augusta talk and my uh, lamenting over. Oh, nope, nope, nope. Sorry, before we do, I'm sorry. My bad. I got to show you guys my lineup and I'm going to show you Jeff's lineup, which I wish he had given it to me before the week because I could have won a ton of money on it uh, in the bigger dollar contest. And, and Jeff and I will lament maybe for a couple minutes about that. So first my lineup, uh, it was one of the most epic min cash cut sweat, uh, not cut sweat, just min cash sweats I've ever had. I needed the par from Cam Smith on 18 to get the all rounds under bonus. Had he had made bogey there, he would have dropped to third place and I would have, Fallen back to, I think my total points was 516. Yep, I would have fallen back to 508, and the cash line was 509.50. So see how important that par was from Cam Smith there for me. Found my way to Cam Champ, uh, as I mentioned, and I had DJ. So I had three of the golfers that would have, uh, you know, ended up in the Millionaire Maker winning lineup. And for the Mega Millionaire, it actually even had Bryson. So I had four of six. Just couldn't get Fitzpatrick and Molinari to those middle guys on the President's Cup team in an answer. Had the money for him. This was the build. Uh, just, again, couldn't trust those first-timers. Jeff, pr- pretty good, though, that I at least trusted one in champ, right? It got me through the cash line. Yeah, champ, definitely. I mean, a, a great call, obviously. Yeah, and like you said, a guy, that's that's kind of the difference. I mean, being able to cash five or six in an event where limited field and, uh, you know, you needed to have, like, six or six in most lineups, I mean – um it's a good process it's just like you said you fell on the wrong 6700 guy it's it's tough it's tough to do i mean um it's just you know it could have gone either way for you realistically i'm sure it it easily could have drifted towards munoz or or someone else so um yeah it's tough to take i'm sure you probably be lancing this one for a bit but um it's a good process and quite frankly it's a good lineup i like the dj uh bryson idea i mean realistically bryson as we saw, just even making the cut, he's still going to put up birdies, right? And and obviously had an eagle for the week. So interesting build for sure. And um, obviously with all the value guys coming through, like Smith, it was uh, it was a pretty good one, pretty good way to go this week too. Yeah, if I had to say one thing, it would be, you know, coming off of Fitzpatrick being 20 plus percent on in a contest like this, we yeah, knew he I, wasn't going to give us a top 10 likely with his form. I, that's the one thing maybe I wish I had. I agree. And oh, Fitzpatrick, yeah. I kind of knew he was going to be chalky, and I still took pieces of him where, you know. I, I had the money to go to Rose. That was the smarter play. There, even though Rose didn't do great, he put up 20 more points, So, um, which, which of course matters. Now let's uh, head to your lineup. You did not find yourself, uh, luckily, to um, uh, to Fitzpatrick. You had a, a really nice build. One of the, my first builds of the week that and featured Rom, Johnson, and Matsuyama with Cam Smith However, I really wanted to get Cam Champ in there. That's why I didn't do this build because uh, this build featured two golfers under 7,000. Sebastian Munoz, again, a great call. We've talked about him a lot. But Matt Wallace, a guy that can get really hot with his putter. And on Sunday, you must have been like, okay, listen, if we get a four under for Matt Wallace, I got a chance. And no. he just he just completely ruined that for you in the first three holes. 
Yeah, no, this one, look, I mean, I, I, like I said last week, I mean, I'm doing uh, like smaller groups of in, in lower stakes. This was one of my MME lineups yep. and uh, it was up to like 25th in, in the $5 on Saturday morning. I was just hoping for a sweat, but then Rom had his implosion. And then, like you said, I woke up and that Wallace was six under. So at that point it was just like, well, let's just see how high I can finish. But uh, you know, it was, it was, the, I had the right player pool mixed in. I mean, uh, my only mistake was I went, Basically, uh, like I said, I'm taking a really aggressive stance as it is because it's low stakes. So I put I went 100% Hideki. Uh, I was overweight on Dustin Johnson though in, in the player pool as well. And then I had uh, Cam Smith up there. I mixed my uh, Matt Wallace in. Uh, I like the potential there for really low ownership off a guy like you know Molinari. Uh, that that you know using Matt Wallace let me not use as much Molinari, which was yep. which was good. And then uh, obviously you know DJ um, and and Rom kind of just fell on this one, but. Um, like I said, like I had Sungjae in my player pool and I had answered my player pool. That's why I was so, you know, I look at that Millie lineup and if I had switched my ownership on DJ and Matt Siamon got hundred percent DJ, I almost, I, I almost guarantee I would have fallen if not right on that Millie lineup, like really, really wow. close to it. So yep. it was, uh, it was actually a really close call just from that perspective for me this week. But uh, yeah, it was nice. I mean, like I said, my single entry lineups kind of sucked. So it was kind of more break even, but. Nice, nice lineup anyways to look at. The process is there, obviously. And if you want to learn more about our process, of course, and you're not already an Osmo Plus member, I'm going to tell you about the Monday night football giveaway we got going on today. So what you can do is check out the pinned tweet on Osmo underscore com on Twitter to enter the, well, it's Monday night football, sorry. Monday night football giveaway to win. Uh, what you're going to win this year, is, this week, it looks like a month of Osmo Plus Platinum. Uh, and all you got to do is predict whether Kirk Cousins or Nick Foles will throw for more yards tonight. This is the second time in, what, three weeks yeah. we've had to deal with Nick Foles or Kirk Cousins. Listen, I'm going to go with your guy this time. I'm going with Foles tonight. Yeah, I look, think... I got the Philly special shirt on. Oh, you I do? Jeez, you, you're on with a Patriots fan here. Well, I'm a Buccaneers fan now, so I guess I'm not that upset anymore. Um but regardless, uh, Kirk Cousins is going to hand the ball off 75 times to uh, Dalvin Cook. So I got yeah. Foles, yeah. going to get a chance to win some good Osmo Plus stuff. Pass. Um, so check that out. And now we're going to go move on to uh, the way too early major preview for next year. I'm going to spend just two minutes on this topic. It might not even be two minutes. I found two values that I wanted to share with everybody because, listen, I hate having money sit around. But Sung J.M. showed me that he's pretty darn close to winning a major. 33 to one for him for the next two posted the masters in the open. And then Justin Thomas, he's darn close as well. And he finally figured out Augusta. He's the longest odds out of anybody. Now 16 to one is what I saw him wanted to bring that up with you. I thought that by the time Augusta comes around, let's say he wins sometime in March, those are going to be nine, 10 to one. So Justin Thomas and Sung JM, just two names that I wanted to bring up with you quickly there. Yeah. I'd definitely be over Justin Thomas, 15 to one, 16 to one. Like that is, if you can get that, um, I think that's a good investment. I agree. Uh, he was really close. He had some bad luck, too. He just doesn't lament it or make huge deals about it like Bryson does, so you're probably not going to hear about it as much. Um, yeah, I, I definitely like those odds on Justin Thomas. And like I said, uh, I, I said this earlier today, Sunday M's going to be a player. We hear a ton of... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. No, so if you, can get, if you can get decent odds on him, I'm down with that too. Uh, I hadn't really looked at the odds. There was some I was kind of interested, in. but yeah, I'll, if I if I remember it, I'll bring it back up in terms of major odds. But definitely down with that Justin Thomas price. If you can get it, that is uh, a top notch. Yeah, absolutely. And and I know it's Nick Foles. I've been calling him Foley since he beat yeah, me. I think he knows, guys. Yeah, I know it's Nick Foles. Listen, I'm bad with my phonetical stuff. Don't get me wrong. I know I am, but I know it's Nick Foles. Was, yeah. We all know that one. <laughs> Nick Foles is, is just my nickname for him. Sorry. Apologize uh, there to my guy, Mike, in the chat. Uh, I see him uh, giving me a little hard time there. All right. Now we really are going to move on to the RSM Classic. And we're going to talk about uh, Sea Island. So just three and a half hours, uh, we'll call it southeast, right, uh, of Augusta. They, you know, jump over, go across the, the state of Georgia, hit 95, go south of Savannah, and they are there. So similar to heading over to Hilton Head, which is actually just about two or three islands north of this on the Barrier Islands, which they'd normally be doing after Augusta. They'd be going to the RBC Heritage. So in that way, it's kind of similar, uh, Jeff. Um, This is the couple, I think it's the sixth or seventh time we're uh, get playing the RSM Classic. Two courses, half the field is going to play the seaside on day day one or day two, and the other half is going to play the plantation course. So 156 golfers, they do the two courses to accommodate for obviously not a lot of daylight here in the year. So does that change your strategy? I mean, they got to play two different courses. We only get strokes gained data on one of them. I mean, it it, it adds a little bit to the tilt, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, you know, it's, it, we usually get these ones in January, right? With like the, the Amex and, um, and Pebble Beach. But this is the one you always almost forget that this is a, a dual course event too. So yeah, I, I think the biggest thing that uh, I just try and take into account. So the plantation course generally a little bit more covered uh, and it's easier. So you can make the argument that like if your guy's there on a windy day, it's probably a little bit better for him because the, the seaside course is more covered. That's really the only thing of note for me. And we actually do have some weather to watch this week. Uh, it's not like the greatest weather. There's some wind like over 10 miles per hour. So it could be a, a week where you maybe stack some waves. Um, uh, I think that's, that's going to be viable, especially if you're making like multiple lineups. So that that's the biggest takeaway for me. Otherwise this is a, this is a really easy course, easy to hit fairways, um, you know, the Austin cook gained like two strokes off the tee just because he hit like 89% of the fairways here in 2017. Duncan was a similar story. He averaged like 280, but gained strokes off the tee. You just got to hit every single fairway. And it's really easy to do if you're uh, if you're a straight hitter. So yeah, Tyler Duncan hit 93% of his fairways last year. 93%. There you go. Yeah. So crazy. Uh- Par 70, 7,000 yards for the Seaside course. So that's exactly why we're mentioning names like Austin Cook and Tyler Duncan being able to win. Course difficulty put it at 33 of 49 in uh, 2020. Uh, four par threes, 204, 180, 230, 190, 12 par fours. Most of them between 400 and 425. None, uh, Only one under 400 and only like one or two over 450. So that's why that obviously... The next that I'm going to give you, the driving distance. Average driving distance is 284 off the tee here, which is one of the lowest on tour. However, subsequently, the fairways are extremely easy to hit at 74% of the fairways. So if you're struggling to hit fairways, this is the golf course to come to. 
Yeah. Uh, but I think that goes to show that a lot of three woods are likely taken off of the tee or something less than driver are taken off of the tee on these 12 par fours, Jeff, because when you see so many par fours from 400 to 425, you would suspect that, hey, there's going to be a ton of wedges in these guys' hands. The winning score should be like 30 under. Well, not so much. It looks like a lot of club downs off the tee and still a lot of 140 to 165-yard shots here this week. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and I think that, again, that that just lends itself to why, you know, the, these guys who do, are averaging like 280, 285 off the tee are still winning, obviously, because most people are just clubbing down anyway. So there's just really not a huge advantage uh, in, in any in any way, shape or form for having massive distance off the tee here. So uh, greens are really easy to hit, too. Um, the, the green regulations percentage are up there. So basically yeah. if can, three quarters of the greens are going to be hit in regulation, 75%. Yeah. So, and again, I, I think that's worth noting because like we do have some bad scramblers in the field who, you know, I think uh, are hitting the ball. Well, um, it's a good setup for them this week. Like uh, they're not going to have to scramble much. I don't think the green complexes are even that tricky anyways. So, um, you know, it, it's a good, it's a good scenario for guys who are just pounding it off the tee and uh, getting in grooves with their irons. And uh, you probably see some guys come to life here like that. Yeah, and I think this is probably a product of so many greens being hit, you know, as I mentioned, 75% of them. But when they did miss the green, the 25% of the time they did, they only got up and down 55% of the time, which ranked at about 12th hardest last year. On the greens, though, the greens are rather difficult. The overall putting average is 1.664, ranking at fifth hardest on tour last year. So, Maybe the greens are a little bit harder, which actually I would think that might favor. They're not fast. The stem meter is about a 12, so that's not yeah. overly fast. I think that might favor the bad putters. I don't know. There's so many ways you can look at that, of course. Yeah. I, you know, something like Augusta, I would I would favor the good putters because it's super fast and you need imagination. But here this week, I'm kind of lending the other way. This isn't Augusta, yet the greens are hard. So I think that might bring the bad putters into it a little bit. I think so, too. These, these are older Bermuda greens, too, yep. from what I've read, which generally – I think just just play a little bit easier for for um, for the players. You know, they're they're a little bit easier to figure out. They're kind of the similar every year, right? So I, I think it brings worse putters into play too. That's that's my take. Yeah, a great question. Why isn't Jordan here if you're struggling to hit fairways? I don't know. Who knows? Maybe he thinks he's too good for this tournament. But the way he's trending, he's not too good for this golf tournament. That's for sure. Um, all right. So uh, anything other than note? I mean, 47 bunkers, that's pretty normal. Average green size. Uh, we talked everything about that. Uh, you want to move on to our first clicks here, Jeff? Yeah, for sure. No, like I said, I mean, main thing I think is just obviously, you know, distance uh, or, or just ball striking, pure ball striking. Don't worry about distance and uh, watch the weather this week. Yeah, and and I'll, I'll just mention that like we had Cam Smith, uh, Cam Champ, excuse me, Cam Champ come in the top ten here in the last couple of years. Again, product of talent rather than distance. We also had Luke List come in the top ten here. Again, that's more talent than it is distance. You just don't see the overall bombers. You know, like Keith Mitchell. We haven't even seen him really perform well that yeah. uh here and it's kind of in that yeah, i mean like luke list is a, is a really good iron player too like when he's on so it's not it's again yeah. it's not just distance off the team so is cam champ when he when he's on he can, he can smash his irons so yeah definitely more of a talent thing i agree so we've got uh at the top it's a easier event with easy to hit fairways it's in georgia it's not that great of a field so no surprise to see Webb Simpson as the odds-on favorite for the tournament and the highest DraftKings priced guy. He's coming in at eight and a half to one. Seems kind of low, single digits for Webb Simpson. That's uh, certainly seems a little high, but Ty Hatton at 16 to one 
He's a guy that I actually clicked first at 16 to one. And here's why he really struggles at Augusta. He's a primarily fader of the golf ball. He struggles to work at the other way and it showed. Plus he was right on the cut. He was even par going to the 15th hole. He had a three wood that landed middle of the green spun backwards and into the water. And there his hopes went. So it's not like he bombed the cut. He had a chance to make it with three holes left. We know what common form this guy is in, and we know he puts butter in Bermuda. So at 16 to 1, double Webb Simpson, I actually really like Ty Hatton this week. He was my first click to win the golf tournament. Yeah, absolutely. This is this is a good setup. I mean, this is a player who finished T3 at, at the RBC Heritage. And realistically, I feel like Harbor Town Golf Links probably the best comparison you'll get to this course. Yeah. Like you mentioned, it, it's in the same vicinity, same kind of exactly the same type of greens, uh, Tofigo Bermuda. So, um, yeah, uh, Ty Hatton at plus 1,600 doesn't look terrible. Sungjae at plus 22 doesn't look terrible either. But if I was leaning between those two, I would go with Ty Hatton. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, if I was probably going to pick someone, I'd probably go up to Fitzpatrick, who, again, I think fits this uh, this really good. He's a really good Bermuda putter. Um, you know, you don't really know where you're going to get with him uh, week to week. Like, the form hasn't been as consistent. But I do like this setup uh, for, for, for Fitzy. Um I don't know. I mean, English and, and Henley, I'm just, I'm just almost sick about talking about them because they're always in this range, but at the same time, you got to say like, they don't look over, they don't look like overvalued at that, at that price at this point. So I don't know. No, I, I think it's a fine call. Uh, that would be our two, you know, below 30 as we move a little bit down the list. And again, we'll get into DraftKings pricing here. Yeah. We always go over our, our first clicks first and then any values. Then we, we hit up the DFS pricing last but it's, there's a lot of crossover. One of the names uh, that I forgot to mention uh, at, at the during the course talk was that this is a old design, but it's a redesign by Tom Fazio in 1999. And we just played a Tom Fazio on a seaside course, granted in a different country, but still same architect, same layout. And that means to me, a name flashing in the 70 to one range is Doc Redmond. Just came in the top five at Corrales, had a chance to win there. He is not going to miss a fairway this week. He may hit 100% of them. He kind of fits the build of what I'm looking here for here this week. He's We've seen his game more from a distance focus to an, uh, an accuracy focus, still hitting it above 300 as well. So Doc Redmond, 70 to 1, I think it's a really good price for him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, probably one of the first players that I clicked on this week, uh, not 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 one of actually the first player I clicked on this week was Doc Redmond. I love that price. Like you said, you look at Doc Redmond's game, um, you know, challenged at the Wyndham uh, as well, which is a really another good comparable, a short course, Bermuda Greens. Um, yeah, the Fazio connection I actually even even missed. I forgot Fazio did the the the, uh, the Bermuda course. So again, but uh, th- this dude is starting to make a habit of of taking over uh, events like this. I mean, uh, this is obviously his bread and butter. He hits it dead straight off the tee. Uh, really good iron player once he gets in that groove. Uh, he's just got to find a little bit of a putting stroke and a little bit more finesse around the greens. But um, for 60, 70, like even at six, like 55 to one, I'd be fine taking Doc Redman. I think it's a really good price. He was, a, he was a winner when he was an amateur and he'll find the winner's circle soon, so. Yeah, a guy that's kind of really plummeted now down the odds rank. And granted, he came in last, made the cut, but came in last last time out. Uh, but a guy at 125 to one uh, that I thought maybe maybe they're pushing him too far down the board a little bit too quickly. Um, and that's Cameron Davis. Uh, now, granted, a guy that we, we didn't see 
play uh, down in Corrales. I don't think, no, he didn't, he didn't make it down there. Um, but I thought at 125 to one, I mean, he was just priced at 8,000 last time out. So that may be a pretty good value there as my over hundred to one pick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the two guys there that kind of jumped out, Cam Davis at 125 to one, then Wyndham Clark. I mean, this, this is the other guy who was competing in Bermuda, right? Um, he's, he's played really well. I know he missed the cut his last time out, but now he's 150 to one on DK Sportsbook. Like those are pretty crazy odds for two talented young players who have been really, really close in the fall already. Um, I, I probably will be tempted to jump on both of those guys, if not at least one of them. So, um, you know, Wyndham Clark's been hitting his irons. Well, I think a little easier course, he can get just grouped with that putter. I might lean Clark over Davis, but like Davis is a very similar story. I mean, he, he's gotten hot on Bermuda greens at the Sanderson recently. Um, and yeah, I, I get it. Like these guys are big hitters off the team. Maybe their, their power will be down a bit, but we said like, it's, it's more of just a talent thing too. Right. So um, yeah, I I'm down with both those players. Those are, it's just an odds thing, right? Like at 125 to one, I mean, the investment doesn't have to be big and uh, you know, we're talking about talented players. So yeah, I'm, I'm down with both those guys. Yeah, I want to correct myself. I'm sorry. I got my seaside courses mixed up. Dr. Evan came in fourth at the Bermuda Championship. Didn't play down at Corrales. I don't believe the Bermuda is a... Uh, yeah, that's... I mean, Actually, the Bermuda, is that a Fazio design there too? I'm going to have to go look that. Uh, I can't I remember. I, I mean, the, the thing is, it's a, they're similar courses to this week. Like, Bermuda is, is very similar to this. It's seaside. It's, it's a little bit more open, and it's shorter. It's got shorter part fours, right? So... Uh, design, uh, I actually can't remember which one Fazio did. I think he actually did Corrales. I think yeah, I mean, Fazio did Corrales. It was Trent Jones that did the uh, yeah. did Port Royal Club. There you so go. I so, apologies. Just wanted to. I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm surprised that the chat normally picks up on that. They didn't correct me there, so <laughs> I guess I'm in front of the chat uh, there. Okay, so those are our uh, first clicks here this week. Uh, one. Uh, 20 or 33 below to one, one between 33 and 100, and then one over 100 is what we do. So let's move on now to our top values here where we look at top 20s or any other values that we see here. One of the names that I was ready to play last week since he had already played once as an amateur, seemed like he was in good form, but then came down with COVID and I see his name printed in the field here this week. So obviously he's had two negative tests it's Joaquin Neiman plus 225 on the top 20. And this guy before, you know, he got COVID. Uh, granted, we have seen a little bit of a struggle from Scotty Scheffler for, uh, from his bounce back from COVID. But on the same token, Tony Finau, Dustin Johnson, no uh, hangover whatsoever. So Neiman plus 225 for the top 20. And my other one that I saw as pretty good value um, I wish it was top 20 in DraftKings points because it would own, almost be an auto Will Gordon bet, but it's not uh, Will Gordon here this week. It's going to be Ryan Armour, 10 to 1 on uh, the top 20. The guy may not miss a fairway this week. Jeff, we've been talking about it all day. These plotters get it done. So those are my two values. Neiman plus 225 for the top 20 and Armour 10 to 1. Armour at 10 to 1 is is admittedly... That those are really good odds. Uh, you're right. He's not. He probably won't miss a fairway here. Uh, if if he can just get grooved with the putter a little bit, that that could be that could easily hit. So I don't mind that call. Uh, I'm going to go up a little bit bigger with mine, um, but throw two guys out at similar prices. Wyndham Clark, who we just talked about. Yep. Again, you know, if, if Wyndham Clark's putter shows up here, I think he'll hit a top 20 easily. So you really just, you know, I, I think you've got a, a better than plus 5. I think Wyndham Clark is just overpriced this week. Oh, that's a good that's a good price on him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, taking advantage of that, I, I think, in this field is, is absolutely fine. And then Matthew Neesmith is going to be the other guy. Um, 
Ooh, I, I saw you tweet about him. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, I threw his uh, stats from Houston, which were absolutely insane. The dude lost seven strokes around the greens and oh two rounds, God. but he gained, he gained over two strokes off the tee and on approach there. He's been hitting the ball well. And again, this is the exact type of player who's going to come in here. He doesn't need necessarily need to worry so much about the around the green stuff because these greens and fairways are so easy to hit. So he could just be pounding greens and fairways all week. And he did finish T14 here last year. Uh, he can putt a little bit too. So uh, I think Matthew Neesmith at plus 550. I'll probably bet him on the L Ray too. So a uh, player I'm watching this week. Yeah, I think that's actually a really solid call. I saw your tweet about him earlier. And a guy that certainly, he actually had some, when he first came out on the tour from the Corn Ferry Tour, he had some really bad cut sweats there starting his career off. He was way inside of it, made a double and a bogey, the last two holes to miss it by one. Had a couple of those things go on, but obviously it's it's figured itself out. And a guy that certainly can light it up uh, with his uh, ball striking, it seems. So uh, we'll definitely condone that play. I think it's uh, really solid. So, all right, last thing we're going to do here for the last five or 10 minutes or so, we're going to talk briefly about the DFS slate and uh, tell you what's going on. So, of course, on DraftKings, we've got 300K to first prizes. The $44 club twirl is back and in our lives with a big first place prize. The $8 eight iron is the main GPP of the week going for 100K on, these are all on DraftKings, and the signature hole, $555 buy-in, that is offering 100K to first as well. So DraftKings may be mixing up the buy-ins a bit from what we're used to, but uh, nice to see 300K prizes. FanDuel, which... Kind of snuck in on me, Jeff. Uh, they've been offering single-day showdowns. I figured that out on uh, Friday's round, the second round of Augusta. There was a big overlay, and I ended up – didn't know their format. It was only five golfers instead of stick, six, so I tried to MME. I ended up with the same lineup a hundred different times. Luckily for me, it cashed. Um, it had DJ and such. But FanDuel certainly upping their offerings. 20K to first this week. Uh, they offered 200K to first last week, so – Pretty good there. Good DFS setup. When we look at the top of the board, Webb Simpson, 11-2, and Sung JM, 11,000. Jeff, I got it exactly right. I'm not going to lie with those two guys. Uh, those were the price and where I had them. But I had Ty Hatton coming in above Tommy Fleetwood. Are you ready to pay 10-7 for Tommy Fleetwood, a guy that's only putt his last month and a half on the PGA Tour? Oh, man. I don't think so, no. Uh, I don't think I'll be paying 10-7 for Tommy Fleetwood. Um yeah, Sungjae and, and Webb. Webb was 11-4 here last year, just to give you some context. Uh, just about the same price here. But, you know, we didn't have as, big, as strong a field either. So, um, you know, Sungjae obviously coming off a, a big event. Uh, I think, if anything, it's made Webb more attractive, though. Like, uh, I, I think that's – I think it's a good thing that Webb uh, is lower-priced here. And, and we have some other players who, who are going to take some heat away from Webb because – there's no, there's no freaking way I'm not playing Webb Simpson this week, man. I mean, this, this guy, right. it, he just eats these courses up. He knows this. And th- this is what I love about Webb. He's become self-aware. You get some of these shorter golfers who don't necessarily play these rotations. Like, Webb doesn't need to be here, but he knows this is where he picks up his points. That's why he's here, folks. It, it's not just to, like, because he likes the, you know, RSM Classic or something. He's here because he knows these are his events. So, I like uh, a self-aware Web Web Simpson there. I think that's a I think that's too low for him. Um, yeah, uh, the other guys, you know, I might think about Sungjae. He's a really good Bermuda putter, but realistically, I'm probably looking at Hatton Fitzpatrick as uh, as my next play down there. 
Yeah, I like Hatton as well. Um, a little difficult maybe to get Hatton and Simpson in the same lineup, although uh, with 7,100 in a field like this, I yes. may not be that opposed to it. Uh, you know, going to have to dig Doug Gim. You know, might be a guy that I try and dip to uh, below 6,000. So, all right, if you're going to skip, well, no, there's no way you're going to be able to skip the rest of the guys at 10 because your guy Russell Henley <laughs> is 10,100 in a PGA Tour event. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah, he deserves it at this point, but that is sticker shock. He does, and I I think I might actually be avoiding him this week. We'll see. I know, 10-1, it stuck out to me, too, because I was going up, you know, I'm like, oh, Lowry's, and then I'm like, oh, where's Henley? Oh, 10-1. So yeah. might be, it might be time. I mean, uh, I think realistically, if you're playing Henley, you know, maybe maybe that's who you're stacking with Hatton. Like, uh, if, if I'm going to make a non-Web Simpson lineup, it, it, it might have, like, some kind of, you know, stars and scrubs with, like, Hatton and Henley. Um, but other than that, not I'm not super high on him here. Again, it, like, it's a good course for him, but he's become such a good tee to green player. I almost want him at tougher courses. I don't know. And and the, uh, you know, the, the putter can still come and go, so – Look, he could come out and shoot like 61 and just blitz this field because he is playing well enough. But um, I think the price is a little too higher. So we'll see. Um, kind of like going down to Fitzpatrick even. I don't know. I, 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 I'm I obviously sold on just playing Webb this week. So I'm really yeah. looking at Webb and then like Hatton. under 9K maybe even, you know, kind of starting there. So I'd rather pay the 300 and get Hatton or the 900 and, or 1100, I should say and get Webb. It's not that I don't like Russell Henley. I think he's played great, but I'd love to have him in as my second guy to compliment Simpson yeah, exactly. in that, in that yeah. mid nine range, not 10, one again. So, yeah. all right. Next question I want to ask you, instead of going up and down the board, we'll do a little bit different. I've got six golfers here that I believe we could make a case that there's some masters hangover for them. Maybe not for us anymore, but for them, I think we can make a case for all of the next six. So I want you to tell me of these six, who are you most likely to fade because of that suggested hangover? You could tell me none of them. That's fine. But at the top, Sung J.M. obviously came in second place, was there at a chance to win a major. We know that he's 22 years old and he could just walk to this week and win. Uh, but 22 years old, a lot of mental fortitude went into last week. No doubt about it. I don't know if I'm ready to go there. Next, Louis Oosthuizen had a chance, was looking good through a couple of rounds, made that double. So maybe his uh, mental capacity down. Shane Lowry, his best finish at Augusta last week. Really, really had to grind to make the cut, too. Sebastian Munoz, obviously we talked about him first time. Or Corey Connors, he snuck into the top 10. The hell of a weekend. Dylan Fratelli, also a top 10. So, of those six guys, are you in for all of them? Or do you think there could be some Masters hangover in at least some of them? Yeah, no, I, I mean, there definitely probably are going to be some Masters hangover, right? I mean, it just, it's going to be a natural letdown spot, um, especially, and I, I think it's probably more likely to happen with some of the younger guys. So I think Fratelli is, is probably, you know, top of my list here. Uh, guys whose putter can come and go a little bit. Um, I, I think he would be up there. Um, Munoz is, oh, Munoz is a guy I'm going to struggle with this week because that price is really tempting. He makes a lot of birdies. I'd probably be more apt though. I don't know. I don't I honestly don't want to give an answer on Munoz because I just haven't decided on him yet. And I, re I really want to consider him. I think Connors and, and Fertelli are probably the guys here uh, a little bit more, especially with Connors. I know he's playing well tee to green, but like, this is, this is more of a putt fest, right? Yeah. Like, we see what you, the winners. You don't have to be a good ball striker to hit fairways here. So I think a lot of Corey, Corey Connors advantage is uh, neutralized. 
And, uh, you know, if he starts slow, it might just be like, oh, you know, I got into Masters already. I'll just, uh, you know, just head home to Canada early. So I think <laughs> Connors and Fratelli really the top two there for me. On the other side, we've got some very popular golfers last week that missed the cut and now are in the field here this week. Wow. So I'll give you three names uh, to take a look at. Jason Day, Jason Kokrak, and Kevin Kisner. Three names that had over 10% ownership in specific contests all playing in here this week. Do you think that the hangover continues for these guys? So the most interesting is definitely Kokrak of these three to me. <laughs> I think Kisner will be just fine. Kisner is very much like in the Webb Simpson vein. I don't he think, lives I don't know. Too, yeah. yeah, I don't know if, I don't know if Kisner is going to compete necessarily. I don't know if he's quite playing well enough, but He'll be fine. He'll he'll get there. This is a Kevin Kisner course. He'll just hit every fairway and he'll make he'll make enough birdies with his with his putter, at least in my opinion. Um, but Kokrak is someone who's like he's played well. He, he he's shown better upside with his putting. And uh, you know, everyone knows he bombed out last week, but he does tend to play these little tricky courses pretty well. Like he's got good results of like the RBC Heritage and stuff. He clubs down well in these courses, and now he's putting pretty well. So I think you might see a bounce back from Kokrak. I have absolutely no idea what Jason Day is going to do. Um, zero clue. <laughs> do we ever have any clue what he's going to no, do? No, I mean, like... Do we ever have a clue if he's going to play all four rounds? Like, you saw Jason... Like, I saw Jason Day's name in this field, and you're just like, my God. Why man. is he here again? Why, why, is it, why? why do you have to be here? So, I don't know. I, I, I would suggest that it's probably just better to forget it. He is kind of overpriced, too. Like, you know, you got, you got Lowry on there, 92... Coke, like Munoz nine, like, I don't know. He, so he's overpriced from the perspective of like, if you're making some kind of wild GPP lineup, yeah, absolutely paying up for him, probably get low ownership. Um, he was like, he was in the final group two weeks ago. That's why, that's why I'm so frustrated because I can't just say, Oh, he's there. He's hurt. Don't do it. But he was in the final group two weeks ago. So I can't just sit here and be like, we just write him off. Right. Like he, he is in play, but um, super risky and probably a little overpriced. So. Speaking of a little bit overpriced, I know Austin Cook is one here and has another top 10 here. He came in second at the Shriners a couple of weeks ago. Yep. $7,500. I feel like him and Tyler Duncan, they kind of like, they're similar players. They have similar mm -hmm. stature. Like they're both kind of short. They both hit it short off the tee. <laughs> both rely on a hot game at certain times. Here's what I'll say about Tyler Duncan. He had 77 around one of the Masters, his first time obviously going to Augusta. Bounced back with a 71, though, on Friday. Maybe showing a little bit of form. Hey, 100 at Augusta is nothing to snuff at. He missed the cut by a couple there. Obviously, the cut was even par, so he wasn't that close to it having 77 on day one. But are you more apt to play Tyler Duncan at 7,000 or Austin Cook at 7,500? Yeah, the, the only thing I worry about Cook is is ownership getting up there because, you know, you look at his range and, like, who else are, you, are people going to gravitate towards here? Like, I, I mean... Probably Harold Varner, maybe? Yeah, I actually, I guess Varner will take up some ownership, but I think Cook yeah. will be up there in ownership, whereas Duncan will probably get, like, not, nothing. Like, he'll be nothing. So, um, uh, I, think, I think Duncan is probably a more attractive play from that range. Cook is playing well. Uh, he is a player who, like, once he gets in these grooves, he can really, really hold it. I think more of a cash game play for Cook and probably a GPP fade is the best way I'd, I'd describe those two. I think that's a great call. So we will uh, finish it up with two guys that I want to talk to you about that seem underpriced, seem like good values here, but one guy that I have been on the fade train for quite a while on, and it has definitely worked out. But if you 
Turn back time a year ago to this tournament exactly. I bet you if you looked up his price, it would be at least $2,000 higher than it is right now. And that's Matt Kuchar. He is really struggling right now. He missed the cut last week after shooting two under on Thursday, shot three over on Friday. So he missed the cut by one at plus one. Would have gotten in with that 10-shot rule, but they abolished that. But before that, two 50th place finishes at the no-cut events in California and Vegas. Shriner, he did make the cut. So $7,400, Matt Kuchar, is he finally back in play for you, or is he really in a little bit of a career rut? No, I mean, I, I, I again, what is the upside with him, right? Like, he, yeah, at this point, he just there. needs to make a cut, right? So, I mean, I, I think your your best-case scenario, it seems like, would be like a top 20 here. And yeah, there's other – there's right? There's just – yeah, there, there's players in this range. It, it's very much like a Molinari-Munoz kind of situation from last week. You just have players who are, who are playing more consistently in this range – with better upside than I think Matt Kuchar right now. So, um, yeah, I, I know the pedigree is there, but I, you know, I, it was jarring to see him. I'm like, wow, 7,400, man. Like that is, that is crazy. But, um, no, I, I'm not even really that tempted to play him, uh, to be honest. Yeah. It's, it's tough, especially when you got somebody like Joel Damon coming off a top 10, he's at 7,400, uh, and Chess Reavy, who made the cut last week, came in the top 30, didn't have any over par rounds and actually was one of the leader in greens and regulation. Yeah. He really just couldn't figure out Augustus greens to get low. So yeah. definitely a couple of names in that range. That yeah, Chaz is a good call. Actually, it's, it's good. You brought him up. Cause I, it's easy, it's easy to forget. He even played last week. Like, yeah. Cause he's, he's just non-existent. Yeah. I mean, a top 30, but he scored 66 and a half DraftKings yeah. points because he just, he, he made nine bogeys and 14 birdies, just a really pedestrian type round. But Hey, guess what? He still scored 10 more points than Matt Fitzpatrick did. So, uh, you know, there's that going for him. All right. So let's just give, uh, let's just give our best pick. Uh, now again, the pricing has been out for a couple hours, so we haven't really had that much time to develop it, but under 7,000, do you have any names way down the list or are you sticking right at that? Like 69, 6,800 range for your last pick? Uh, probably sticking right here, but I'll be honest. I'm, I'm going to take a quick gander here. I'm just going to throw out the first names that come to mind. Cause I haven't looked legitimately done like a hard yeah, look. I think the first name that comes to mind that you and I will probably both agree on is probably Doug Gim at this point, back to back top 25s, 6,700 yeah. Bermuda. He came top 15, which is again, a seaside course that actually isn't terribly far from where we are. I know it's off the coast quite a bit, but still Doug Gim 6,700 seems to be my first click down here. I like the game call. That was definitely like the first name that stuck out. I was just seeing if there's anyone else. I think Harry Higgs is probably interesting too at 6,900. Uh, another player coming off the COVID. Um, but, you know, we saw him at the Safeway Open. And um, yeah, just, in, you know, I, I think a, a quality player with good upside for GPPs, right? I mean, got the upside, kind of upside you want. Uh, you know, Raph is down there. Got another one here for you that, again, it's it just take check these results. Cut, T56, first. Cut, cut, T63, cut. We're talking about Hudson Swafford. The guy lives here. I was going to say, it must be Swafford. Yeah, $6,400. I mean, just one of those random winners that we get. He's a a Sea Island dude, too. And he's Sea Island. So are you back in on maybe Hudson Swafford this week? Yeah, I think think so, actually. Um, Cameron Percy's down there, too. Yep. Uh, I probably like that play more. But Swafford is kind of in play down there, too. Actually, has DJ Trahan played okay? Yeah, DJ Trahan is kind of in play too. I would say that trio is is kind of the most interesting. Percy Trahan and Swafford. Again, look, I'm just throwing out names here. I'm just yep. looking at here, but those those three guys, I will take a little bit of a look at for sure. 
Um, no one else down there. What's Von Taylor been doing? Von Taylor finally made a cut last time out, at least. Yeah. You know, you know, you guys don't need me to go through any of these. Oppenheim, actually, Oppenheim at 63 might be a bounce back candidate. He was terrible at Bermuda, but he just had one bad round in the win. He was hitting his irons down there uh, pretty well. So I would add Oppenheim to that Swafford uh, mix of, uh, of players that we threw out there. Percy yeah. and Grand. I like all those guys for sure. Um, I like uh, probably Gim a little bit better than most of them, but still like all yeah, those. Yeah, for sure. Upper, upper, upper tier is Gim. But if you need to go like under 65, those things. Uh, the last name that I'll bring up is a guy that has had success here and has a good story going for him is uh, ball striking has looked good, but Houston open, man, he really struggled on and around the greens. Camilo Vijegas, he has been priced this week. Mm. I'll be getting a couple of lineups for me, but uh, not, not anything serious. So, all right, that is going to do it uh, for us here for the PGA DFS first look show for the RSM classic. We have a week off for this show, uh, but we'll be back the week after Thanksgiving for the OHL Mayakoba Classic. So everybody enjoy Thanksgiving next week and enjoy the RSM Classic this week. Yes, we don't have holes 4, 5, and 6, 11, 12, and 13, and 15, and 16 to watch all day long, but we will get at least featured groups and shot tracker and uh, tour cast back. So until next time, everybody, good luck this week at the RSM Classic, and we will see you for the OHO Mayakoba Golf Classic in two weeks. Cheers, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.